Hello. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee and in the process engage you with an anecdote of no small amusement. Welcome to another episode here with Nerd Herder. Uh, I'm J-Dub. You are. And uh, I'm excited, um, mostly because you're Boop, but I'm also excited because we have uh, another lovely guest. If people haven't figured out, this is our our new thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we are excited about uh, all of the new people we're introducing into the podcast bedroom. Um, You know, every now and then you just got to spice things up and it's really going well for us. Uh, but I'm also excited because uh, this week in the Nerd Herder bedroom, we are talking about one of my favorite Star Wars things. Uh, and look, and I, I thought it was one of my favorite Star Wars things, uh, but we managed to find someone who loves it uh, probably more. Probably. <laughs> and that's okay. And, you know, that's okay. That I, I, I'm glad. And so uh, we were lucky enough that they decided they wanted to join us for this. Uh, but uh, before I don't know we. Why you're pretending it's a secret what who it is i know i work hard on those thumbnails uh so if you're paying attention it's obvious but you know i like to keep the suspense for somebody who's basically just like who are these nerds what are they talking about you know maybe they don't know all the details and Um, and rebels yeah apparently bringing people into our bedroom but uh before we get started with that um and as everybody kind of joins in and everything wanted to um shout out something that's happening in the fandom because um sometimes you know life and the fandom is um well it's like most people it sucks um and a lot of things in uh the world today uh suck including um kind of like what we mentioned it just like it was just what what's going on in the world with texas and florida and the um sort of uh legislation that's happening that's uh really invasive and disgusting things against uh lgbtq folks and particularly trans kids um and that ended up being a whole conversation on last week's episode which was so beautiful and so awesome and we uh yet again appreciate the broaxian bros for joining us for that uh and talking boba fett and so much more um it was great and, but those things, like those things, are still going on. It doesn't. It's yeah. not just real because we talk about it. It's it's really real for some people, uh, and sometimes it feels uh, scary and um, feels like you're too insignificant to really do something. But the good news is that a lot of awesome people in the Star Wars fandom, and I know it seems like there aren't any, but they are. Uh, we might not always be the awesome folks, but we happen to know a lot of the awesome folks, including uh, the seventy six. We're number seventy seven, but. Uh, the the tons of folks that have come together uh, under the uh, banner um, set up by uh, Ben and and yes. a few others uh, the Amadala Initiative. Yes. Uh, so this is a profile that you can find on Twitter um, at Amadala Helps, uh, and you can join in the efforts of like I said, seventy seven uh, Star Wars fan creators um, who are all just aiming to create awareness around a fund uh, fundraising effort. Uh, that can help kids directly yeah. affected, uh, especially in Texas, by some of the legislation happening. So they go to support Equality Texas. Um, there's a GoFundMe currently up. Uh, it's doing really well, but at the same time, continue to show your support. Uh, it helps 
the folks yeah. that know how to help these situations do the good stuff. All we got to do is talk about it. So the Amidala Initiative, check it out on Twitter. Uh, if you can support it, if not, just retweet it, yeah. share, um, get it airtime because that uh, can go a long way to letting people know what's kind of going on uh, in the world today. And just do something nice because that's what Star Wars tries to teach us. Um, and and I don't think there is an example of Star Wars that tries to teach us those sorts of morals more than Star Wars Rebels. I agree. Yeah. Wow, it, that was quite the shoe. Boom, I know how to make it land. Uh, I also know how to land the best guests, including Nick, 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 Nick. How dare you steal the small <laughs> song that I sang before? He's never heard that, that before. Uh, You've never heard that before, right? First time in my life. Nobody's ah, beautiful. Ever, ever used that. <laughs> uh, What's welcome up, to friends? the show, Nick. Uh, you know, just trying to make life happen as best we can. And uh, luckily that involves a weird little Star Wars podcast that you have miraculously chosen to be a part of. Well, so it is an fun. honor to get to be a part of it, not only to hang out with the two of you who I have come to adore through social media and through all the different interactions that we get to have on a weekly basis, but also listening to your show. And, um, and not only do I get to do that, but I get to talk about one of my favorite Star Wars things ever, 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 which is Rebels. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know a long time ago <laughs> that I would be almost 45 years old and excited to talk about a Star Wars cartoon. You're, you're almost as old as Star Wars, man. Um, that's, that's beautiful. So close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and like I said up top, you know, I, I always love, um, I, 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 I tend to pride myself in my personal circles uh, with my friends and, and work uh, and everything as the guy of something. You know, it can be as general as just the Star Wars guy. Um, but it get, can even get as specific as I'm the Boba Fett guy. I'm the Phantom Menace guy, um, you know, and so I, I, while I enjoy those labels, I'm also really elated when I meet someone who becomes my version of that. And uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think that I've I've passed the title uh, to you because you are you are the Star Wars Rebels guy uh, to me, to us, I that, think that um, is an honor. Certainly that I don't know that I am deserving of, but oh, wow, absolutely, that's, that's man, you, you, you do uh, like even, even just in the conversation leading up to this. And, um, if anybody follows enough, they see it, um, quite a bit in your interactions. Um, you know, this is something, uh, obviously meaningful and important, uh, to you. It, it, it's, uh, it's what Star Wars should be. I think to fans, that thing you latch onto and that just really mm -hmm. means something. And so it's beautiful to watch, man. It's really, it's really Absolutely. awesome. Very and so um, getting to getting to chat with you about that's going to be good. Yeah, you're also the whiskey dad. So, <laughs> I am. I, I will say, I definitely own. Um, I will definitely own that brand. In fact, cheers to y'all. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, well, I will take on being the whiskey dad, no doubt. You, you can find Nick after the show uh, in a cantina. <laughs> Far, far away. Or, un or under my desk. <laughs> Depends on how this episode goes, because there's definitely some moments with Star Wars Rebels that... Uh, they, yeah. yeah. They steal your lunch money. Yeah, they, they steal they your emotional lunch do. money. Um, but before we kind of dive into all of those things, um, definitely wanted to start. And, and part of the reason we're doing this, for anyone that may not know, um, is that fans have kind of uh, gathered together. Uh, when they care about something, they create occasions to celebrate those things and one of those things is rebels remembered day mm -hmm. um and that's actually tomorrow it we're is. celebrating it today uh because we're 
the Friday Adventists of Star Wars Rebels, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it, it's a time where, uh, especially on um, social media like Instagram and Twitter, folks will share with the hashtag Rebels Remembered uh, things they love about the show, uh, their favorite memories, mm -hmm. all of those things. It becomes a very beautiful... <laughs> Our cat's got some Star Wars Rebels opinions, apparently. Um, she wants it becomes, to know where Ezra is. She, uh, that is true. We all want to know. Where is Ezra? Uh, we contacted, we reached out to Dave Filoni, and he just replied back, stop. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't think he's going to come on the show. I can't my texts anymore. Um, but yeah, Rebels Remembered. Uh, it's March 5th uh, to commemorate the uh, end of Star Wars Rebels um, and uh, what an emotional end it was, but uh, what a journey it, it proved to be. And so what, what, one of the things I love about that day, and there, there's other days that are commemorated by fans. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, Star Wars Resistance Remembered because um, I freaking love that show. I remember it. Nobody talks about it much, <laughs> but it's okay. I've, I've heard of that. <laughs> I know some of these words. I'll just go hang out with Christopher Sean on Twitter. Um, and, you know, one of the things I love about Rebels Remembered is, is hearing how people come to it. Why, why is it Star Wars Rebels? Uh, of all right. of the Star Wars that is out there now, why is this one so important to people? And, mm -hmm. and everybody has their own, uh, their own journey with it, their own reason and everything. And so I thought it'd be a good place to start there. Uh, Nick, if you want to start us off with, with why Star Wars Rebels? Why is, why is that your thing? That's a great question, and it's one that I think about regularly, and I don't know. While I do have an answer, I don't know if I really have an answer, so bear with me as I try to work my way through it. Um, the All right, I'm of an age where when Clone Wars came out, like I was aware of it, but it didn't work for me. Like Clone Wars didn't grab me. It wasn't the thing that I was into, which is weird because I'm into Star Wars, and I like all Star Wars. But I don't know if it was college. I don't know if it was, you know, whatever was going on in my, actually it was after college, but as an adult, it just didn't hit. And then Rebels came out. And I think like a lot of people that were older or my age or whatever, I saw it. And the first glance, like the animation just passing through or seeing a trailer, there was a part of me that probably thought that seems a little juvenile. That seems a little young. That seems a little whatever. I know that I the first episode I watched was sometime after the first season had started. So I had kind of had to play catch up probably on on demand back when on demand was more of a thing. Right. Um, but I was hooked from the beginning. Like it really grabbed me and it was the storytelling and it was I'm such a nerd. And we'll get into this in a little bit for like <laughs> Ralph McQuarrie and concept. Oh, art. man. Like this whole show is just Ralph McQuarrie animated like. There's yeah. so much, you know, there are so many things that grabbed me right away. The music, the sound effects, it felt very Star Wars. In a, a lot of ways, it was not as jarring as Clone Wars was to me the first times that I watched Clone Wars. Now, what has happened, and I've talked about this on my show too many times to count, but as a result of watching Rebels, I have actually gone back to Clone Wars over the years because Clone Wars to me became like a reference book. I would go mm. back and look up things that they talked about in Rebels that had a connection, whether it was the Darksaber or, you know, um, the um, the father and the son and the daughter episode, the Mortis arc, oh. like any of those things that showed up and had some connection to Rebels. I was like, well, crap, I need to go back and figure out where I missed that along the way. And it was partially in Clone Wars. And so I've seen Clone Wars now. I appreciate it much differently than I did then. Um, 
but it did. It just grabbed me from the beginning. It was adventurous. It was fun. It felt very Star Wars. And it also kept getting better. And that was the other thing that really impressed me from season one to season four. Like it just kept pushing the chips into the table. And like you said, sometimes it emotionally wrecked me. <laughs> and other times I just went, this is unbelievable. Like I never knew we could get this story or we could get this character who would show up that I read their books when I was in high school or yeah. you know, the, the different things that happened throughout the run of the show just kept, you know, to me in a lot of ways, it feels like a love letter to star Wars fans. That's, that's, yeah. that's a good way to put it. And, and I think fans of uh, every generation at, at, at that point, especially um, because it doesn't feel like it favors any one side, although aesthetically it does feel very original trilogy, uh, thanks to, uh, like uh, like you said, animating Macquarie mm -hmm. art. Yeah. Um, you do quickly find uh, some of the better storytelling elements of uh, what they got from like Clone Wars and the prequels and everything. It, fe it feels right. like that connective tissue, uh, for sure, between there, and I think that's what helps it be so favorable to so many. Uh, absolutely. What about you? Boop. Well, you see, I was drawn in by the fact that Darth Maul comes back, which is <laughs> look, I like a I, very easy way. To my get tactic uh, with with Star Wars uh, a long time ago just happened. That it, it could be boiled down to just coercing her with Darth Maul's in it. Darth Maul shows up yeah. at some point. Yeah, uh, I, I promise. It's, it's how you got me watching. <laughs> you had you had me at Maul. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I I am a I'm a proud mall cop. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I was drawn in by the fact that the story is, like you said, a bit juvenile, but it's so much more mature than Clone Wars in mm -hmm. some ways, while also being on a, a good level for everybody. Um, and also Freddie Prince Jr. as yeah. Kanan. Man, he has a creamy voice. I, I, I never will forget. I won't forget a lot about Star Wars Celebration. Oh my gosh. But meeting Freddie Prince Jr. was such a special moment. He knows what I did last summer. Because, <laughs> you know, there's just that moment where you walk around the corner and, like, mm -hmm. you've been waiting in line. You knew this was yeah. happening. You paid for sure. it. Uh, but you, you see them and there's that pause. Yeah. Uh, and this... the, his response of just, like, I know. Come on. <laughs> it was so oh, good. Such a beautiful man. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, I I love the story, well, the journey of the story as it goes along. And like you said, it gets better every single season. Mm -hmm. And it breaks your absolute heart at the very end. But you love it. Yeah, you exactly. th you thank it and ask it to do it again. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then you watch it again the next year. And then you watch it multiple times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that's one thing I really love about Star Wars storytelling in animation and uh, now with obviously Disney Plus um, and not as a dig to other series or other storytelling happening, but just m I see it more in Star Wars story than I do elsewhere that progressive like we've got to continue to push the limit. We've got mm -hmm. to continue and to get better. Um, we've got to drive these characters deeper uh, and make it, yeah. you know, even more meaningful. And, and I think that's what's constantly been uh, a big feature and attractive point um, for Star Wars for me uh, is it can just be cool space battles. And sometimes when when I watch it, it is. 
Um, but sometimes it's I watch it for a specific character moment or I watch mm-hmm. it because of a specific line. Um, and I don't think you get that if you don't uh, on, on the back end with the storytelling, with the directing and everything push to go deeper. Yeah. Um, right. So uh, that that's definitely one of the big things for me that stood out with this show. And it started really good for me. Um I'll say like it was towards the middle of season one where I started to kind of taper off. um, And it wasn't until I had a chance to go back and start from the first episode on and watch continuously. Uh, And by that point, season two was just wrapping up. And it was that that put me back in. Um, I was I heard what was going on with the finale and I was just like, oh, my God, I'm missing something interesting. I've got to get back into this. Uh, And no looking back since and and one of the things that stood out to me for rebels and i think what makes it special is uh unlike anything until we got i would say the sequel trilogy completed has there been more like family-centric star wars uh for me um you know i love where the sequel trilogy landed with some of the characters and the relationships they had um, some choices obviously were there that could have been a different way uh, and could have been 10 different ways even. Um, but there was definitely a, a family dynamic. And, and I think the Rebels is, is built on that foundation. Yes. Um, it, it's, it, it, it is Ezra's show, but then it also sometimes doesn't feel like anyone's show. It just feels like it's, it's this ghost crew. It's this uh, little squad. That's really interesting that you say that. And I wonder if we were to do some sort of internet poll and if you were to somehow filter the results between who, whose show do you think rebels is or who's the, the big main, whatever. Mm -hmm. I wonder if along age and generational lines, if you would get different answers, because when you said that I actually set up a little bit straighter because in my mind, this has never been Ezra show. Like to me, this Mm -hmm. is not a show about Ezra's in it and he's a key part of it. Yeah. But to me, this is Kanan's show. And mm-hmm. this is, this is the, and this is, I'll steal it from my buddy Pete because he says it all the time. And he's the first one that I heard of, heard say it. Dave Filoni is so good at giving us a Star Wars thing that is not about the thing that it's actually titled after. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's Rebels, whether it's The Mandalorian, whether it's, you know, you get these different stories under a different title. So what Star Wars Rebels is supposed to be. And is in its little elements the burgeoning of the rebellion or some part of whatever. To me, Star Wars Rebels is a Jedi story. Uh, and I think that it is perfectly illustrated. And this I've over the course of this week, I just pulled up random episodes and tried to kind of figure out, you know, hitting highlights along the way to get ready. And so, first of all, I think the two part pilot that opens this entire show is a great like it could almost be a little movie in and of itself. Like it's really Mm. well contained. It introduces you. It sets things up. It does such a good job, but the literal first lines of dialogue in this show come from Darth Vader and it's Vader and the hologram talking to one of the inquisitors on the star destroyer. And this is what he says. And I wrote it down because it sets the tone and it becomes that thing. He says, the Jedi Knights are all but destroyed, and yet your task is not complete, Inquisitor. The Emperor has foreseen a new threat rising against him, the children of the Force. They must not become Jedi. Hunt down this new enemy, and if they will not serve the Empire, eliminate them along with any surviving Jedi who would train them. 
this is my master's command. And to me, like I've seen the show a bunch of times and that never stood out to me the way it did this time watching that first episode, just getting ready to hang out with you guys tonight. But like that sets up the whole thing. This is the story about the continued survival evolution of the Jedi. And we get to see it through Ezra's eyes. We get to see it with the return of Ahsoka. We get to see it when Darth Vader shows up. Like we get it in a bunch of different places, Mm -hmm. but this is a Jedi story. And to me, if I were to pick the central character, it is actually about the journey of Kanan Jarrus who went into hiding, went through this evolution, comes back out and eventually becomes through, you know, the vision he has with the temple guards. He becomes knighted a Jedi. And then that carries him forward to train us. It just, there's so much in it that, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just had, yeah, you're making a I face. Just a complete thought and that rarely Do happens. It. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it never like clicked in my brain until you said that. This is a story that is about the redemption of not just, you know, characters as we know mm-hmm. them. It's a story about the redemption of the Jedi order Correct. as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, that is, that is amazing storytelling. Good job, yeah. Dave. But like, it's it's a it's a story about so many things. Yeah, uh, and well, that's just it. You can't quantify it into one thing because no. you could pick one of twenty things and go, "This is what it's about." Because again, found family, yeah. everybody's favorite Star Wars buzzword. Exactly. This is the poster child for found family. The most absolutely healthy family unit in anything in Star Wars is the Ghost Crew, hands down. Discussion is over. Exactly. It's it's a story about found family. It's a story about the redemption and the redefinition of the Jedi Order. It's a story about the redemption and redefinition of home, if you think about Mm -hmm. it that way. Mm -hmm. Like it it's so insane when you try to quantify rebels in general. Yes. Good stuff. Well, and as one of the many Michaels in our chat, uh, because that's one of the benefits of tuning in live, uh, said uh, quintessential Star Wars found family. Including a dog. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Zeb. I mean, if they're character assassination, Um, I I have opinions. But um, yeah, like and and that's why. Uh, you know, when people ask why I like Star Wars in general, and I know it's kind of unfair because I asked I asked you guys this leading in, why do you like Star Wars Rebels? So so many reasons, so many answers could could be the answer. Um, but that's that is why I personally wrestle with the conundrum of what is Star Wars. I even saw um, you know some conversation on Twitter recently about that. People, you know, it's just like, what is Star Wars to you? Because of course there was people angry about. Boba Fett and saying, well, that's not Star Wars and that's not Star Wars. And I wanted to say something, but then also I couldn't because I, I couldn't really sum it up. It's such a multifaceted thing because Star Wars itself is so multifaceted. And I think that's very well represented in Rebels, like you said, in that, I mean, the title alone is so misleading. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's built on this idea that this and and even the journey of the characters, they believe uh, within the story that that's their goal is to set up and build this rebellion. And then one of my favorite turning points in the show is when it's a family choosing to be a part of something bigger and then leaving that big thing to return to the family, yeah. you know, to return inward. Um, and they and make s- active choices along the way to not join the rebellion mm-hmm. because early on, in those moments when they say, well, 
it in traditional normal movie Hollywood storytelling, you go, hey, you want to come be a part of the big crew? Yeah, let's go. And they made active choices to say it's not our time. We still have to help Lothal. We still have to do like, and that was that's bold. That's outside of the box of what is expected because it's about what's doing what's right for that group of people in that moment, which you don't always get. And and that's such a phantom menacey thing to me because of the, mm -hmm. the concept of like you can't sacrifice your individuality for the corporate side of things like you know jar jar is still jar jar and he can't sacrifice jar jar for the gungan good but you also can't necessarily separate jar jar from being a part of the gungan good if that any of that makes sense like you you have to realize how your part plays into the big picture but by recognizing that that doesn't mean that you sacrifice yourself for the big picture it means that you you keep what makes you unique to the big picture and that's what the ghost crew is all about is keeping what's unique about them, not becoming file and rank and, and just like any other soldier in the rebellion. Um, and I do think that's very characterized by Hera uh, and obviously Hera and Kanan kind of butting heads on, on that conundrum. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that like, this is in, in a way for you Kanan show. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'll go ahead and preface that it's whoever's yeah. show you want it to be right Absolutely. like for anyone tuning in if this is ezra's show for you if this is sabine's show if this is zeb's show first of all how you make this zeb show considering how much they push him to the side it's i don't true. know but if you do it cool we can all agree it's chopper's show <laughs> as it should be uh technically since he's voiced by feloniate that's it that's the most accurate <laughs> um but it's funny that you mentioned kanan because uh in thinking through the ghost crew family and, and whatnot i was trying to think of like well is there a part of the family i feel like i uh most relate to or or uh at least attach myself to um and it's definitely for me canaan and it's mm -hmm. not because of the patriarchy uh of it it's not because of his very fatherly role number one i don't have a father so i don't know make this i don't know what that looks week. like but <laughs> definition of insanity <laughs> i'm gonna keep doing it so it's not funny um it might you don't know he's not coming back to <laughs> i know I've, i accepted that 18 years ago um and so but for me with canaan it's that journey when you get the whole picture mm -hmm. um you know obviously now we have uh points of it in bad batch but uh for me it was it was the comics uh into um Star Wars Rebels and, and so forth that really sees this kid that was a part of something who kind of had that taken away from him uh, and and the struggle of finding who he is uh, it you know it struggling with was everything about the Jedi wrong should I walk away from all of it should I leave all of it behind should I you know accept this lifestyle and and just this personal um, this personal strife that he goes through with his identity uh and ultimately realizing that his identity is in how he passes on what he's learned mm -hmm. um and mentoring and leading and parenting uh ezra of course and sabine as well um and so uh, i just i really i really love that um uh and i i think i just like the idea of someone's purpose being really giving themselves away uh almost 
Yeah. Obviously, to the literal point, uh, considering Kanan's story. I mean, mm -hmm. that's why the line in The Last Jedi exists. We are what they grow beyond. Like, it's, yeah. It's yes. To add another label onto the show, it's a show about legacy. Mm -hmm. uh, it, if I could borrow a line from Hamilton, it's planting seeds in a garden you never get to see. Like, well, Kanan never get to, got to saw Ezra be a Jedi. Neither did we. But but so, he, but he knew he would, and, exactly. and 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 that's what I love about uh, your your connection of of Kanan being the person for this story that represents redemption for the Jedi, mm -hmm. um, and and really the last half of the last season is just about passing that torch, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. You know uh, that that's when you could argue, uh, just following your line, Nick, that it becomes Ezra's story, right? Uh, that we're still waiting on. Disney. Mm -hmm. um, I know you're listening and watching. Uh, you, you care about the little people. Um, but uh, so that said, do you, do you either of you, Boop, if you want, like, do you identify with a certain? You actually have a family, so like, do you? Do you no, I I don't want to. You know, you have a family as well. I I'm saying I don't. So I I don't know my role in the the family dynamic. I just like Kanan. Um, but do you find yourself like? attaching to any one person of that family the ghost family absolutely like i i identify with ezra probably the most because there is that struggle with identity that comes with you know everything you know being turned upside down then all of a sudden you're on a plane to bel-air you know <laughs> um and i i know that feeling of number one coping with calling yourself job of the hut as joke and just running away with pirates for fun i, I who I doesn't want a pirate dad brian figured it out he he commented it's hondo show, it's hondo show. <laughs> Big time. if it's not hondo show it's a puffer pig show that's like, true oh i will get there with character stuff we'll i just I, you, you made me think of lando and i just i love the fact that we got billy mm -hmm. d back for oh, absolutely. that silly episode but yeah anyway it's that the nature of like Luke Skywalker looking to the horizon, always wanting something else and then finding it in people, mm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, and, you know, I love found family stories, obviously, because I found my family through Star Wars. Aww. <laughs> A collective Hallmark moment. Oh, uh, yes. The real, the Shout real out to Star the pickle Wars people. Uh, we found along the way. That's awesome. What about you, Nick? Do you do you uh, attach to any one family member? Um, it, it's very unoriginal, but it is Kanan Jarrus, um, especially in the context of this show, because. First of all, I love the found family aspect of it. I love that it is certainly the healthiest family dynamics in anything we've seen <laughs> in Star Wars. Han and Leia didn't have it. You know, there we didn't get healthy like Hera and Kanan's relationship is a very real world relationship the way, you know, they call each other love, but then when somebody makes a dumb move or a dumb plan, they still throw shade at it. Yeah. You thought that oh, was yeah. going to work like all yeah. the other times it didn't work. Like they're a legit like, married couple. It's, it's very real. <laughs> and also as a dad, Kanan is the exasperated dad who's still going to do everything he's supposed to for his mm. family and for his kids. He's going to be annoyed that they screwed up but he's going to sigh and then he's going to walk out there and he's going to defend them. He's going to, you know, he's always going to step up. He's always going to do the things he's supposed to, even when, you know, it may not have been his fault. It may not have been his issue, 
because those are his people. He's going to show up. He's going to be there. And, you know, I try very hard to be that for my family. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that it just resonates. It's just, you know, something that I go, yeah, that's, you know, I would hope, you know, in growing up with Star Wars, I was never the one that wanted to be Luke Skywalker. I was the one that wanted to be Han Solo because Han Solo was the guy that was a real guy. Like he got things right sometimes and he got it wrong sometimes, but it usually worked out. And just it was like usually cool. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and he was cool. And the swagger and the, you know, the false confidence that somehow got you through it. I wasn't a magic wizard guy. I was, you know, lightsabers were cool, but I was, I felt like Han Solo is somebody you could achieve to be because yeah. if you don't get it right, maybe you can smooze your way out of it or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Kanan is like the Jedi version of that. He has the lightsaber and the force, but he also has the like human flaws and those moments of going, well, I thought it was a good plan. Yeah. And his wife behind him is going, yeah, you thought that was a good plan. Nice try, pal. Like, well, and, just, and he 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 brings those street smarts as well. Is like he's there's um, humanity in Kanan. I think yeah. is ultimately what I'm trying to say. It's yeah, a very absolutely. human character. Well, and and I was even big surprise. I was watching the Phantom Menace recently, and <laughs> <laughs> um, I uh, just latched on to the way uh, Qui Gon versus Obi Wan interacted with Jar Jar, and just how Qui Gon very much was just very. I mean, there's obviously the first moment where it's just like, hey, I'm going to teach you a life lesson. Just because you can say something doesn't mean you should say something. Right. <laughs> um, but the, the way he's kind of uh, embraced him, not necessarily completely uh, accepted him and seeing him as perfect, but definitely that just like, hey, you're 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 a person. You're normal. You're just like everybody else. Uh, whereas Obi-Wan's just very cold and just very like, oh, my gosh, you are so inconvenient. Why are you so needy? Why are you here? <laughs> Um, you know, the, the life skill that Qui-Gon has to interact with people mm -hmm. just because that Obi-Wan was lacking in his young age. That's very much what I love about Kanan is that because he has a lived life, uh, yes. obviously it was unfortunate how he came to that, but, um, uh, because he had that aspect, he didn't approach, uh, mastering Ezra, uh, the same way that anyone at the temple would have like. That's right. One of my favorite things is uh, when, you know, he says, you know, Master Yoda used to say, uh, do or do not. There is no try. And Ezra's like, what does that mean? <laughs> and Kane is like, you know what? I don't know, but it sounds yeah, I don't even know either. Right. <laughs> well, and I think the other thing, again, to talk about Kanan being a truly human character as far as characteristics, flaws, those kinds of things. The other thing that I think also resonates is who Kanan is, is born out of his own personal trauma. It's mm -hmm. born out of the things that he experienced as a Padawan watching his master be killed, which we get with, you know, clone. I mean, Bad Batch, um, we get the in the comic books and all that. We get the insight into that. But he had to he went through trauma. He had to go into hiding and it formed one. It formed a defensive shell. And if you read the book, uh, new is it New Dawn? New Dawn. Yeah. Um, which is a great book. But I hate they named it that because it makes me think of Twilight every time. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was very early in the new publishing days that That's like right. light it of was, the it jedi was like actually the first or second in the new publishing initiative but mm -hmm. it's a great book but it gives you more of that insight into the trauma that forms who this man becomes that we meet in rebels and he's partially defensive and protective and he's in hiding and i love the tiny details like 
he carries his lightsaber in two parts on his belt so as not to be immediately recognized as a Jedi. And also just that's an cool. And it's cool because when you do this thing and then, <laughs> right. you know, Ike, it, honestly, number one lightsaber in all of Star Wars. I, I was li- I was going to say, like, Star Wars Rebels has the two best lightsabers. Absolutely. At, well, three if you count the Inquisitor ones, if you oh, like what the, like the, the helicopter, the, the helicopter sabers. sabers. <laughs> I love the spinning. I hope we see that in Kenobi, by the way. <laughs> that's the only <laughs> the, that's the only demand I have for Disney. Give yeah. us the helicopter sabers, you cowards. And you know what? Like, it, you bring up a good point. Kanan growing from his trauma. Another thing that Rebels does fantastically is making us understand that our heroes are just as traumatized as our villains. Mm -hmm. What makes the difference is the choice. What you choose to do with what was done to you or like what you went Mm -hmm. through. That's the difference between a hero and a villain. Well, and the beauty that he brings that to uh, I promise we're talking about the whole Rebels. We'll get there, folks, but (laughs) Kanan's just so good. Um, but the way he brings that into Ezra's uh, training, even if just by lived example, the idea that Ezra can practice hard, become a Jedi, and do the things he wants to save uh, Lothal, go find his parents, and all of those things. And the reality that is, no, a Jedi's life isn't uh, you know, training and skill and perfection. It, it's trauma. It's hard. It's, it's, very, it's vulnerability. It's all of these things. And so, uh, and, and obviously by the end of this, uh, this uh, show, Ezra gets there. He, he realizes that he's lived that and he is a Jedi, not because he practiced and got a green lightsaber, but because he's lived the life he's lived. Um, and, and so Kanan's story imparting that to Ezra is beautiful. And, and I love that just for what it means to people like me watching and, and anyone watching of, you know, the good and the bad is your story. Like, it, it's all chapters of, of your book. Uh, you mm-hmm. can't be who you are without both of them. And, and like you said, it's such a Star Wars thing. It's the choice you make with the good and the bad. Because you can mm-hmm. spoil the good with the bad choice, and you can make the bad better with a good choice. Yep. And, you know, and so, um, man, I just, I love all of this. All of this that's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and like Brian mentioned, so yeah, it's, it's, it's Kanan Saber's it's number dope. one. Ezra's blaster saber, uh, is the most brilliant thing. Uh, and then the helicopter saber. Um, I, I, I w- am waiting for the day that, uh, Disney releases, uh, Ezra's saber down in, uh, Galaxy's Edge because it's going to be so heavy, oh my but it's going to be so cool. I mean, worth it. It's the blending of both, uh, the best of both worlds, yeah. blaster and I, saber. Um, and I feel the same way about Kanan's. Like, I need a Black Series Kanan saber, or, yes. like, I don't own any other sabers or anything, but, like, that's the one that I'll buy. And there, there's something Like, I've already looked at 3D-printed Etsy ones, and... Oh, yeah. Keep getting, we, keep getting closer, but... We've all been there, buddy. I, I think it's something carried over from my, like, um, Transformers and Super Sentai love of just, like, people slapping another thing on and calling it a, like a super mode or something like that. It's just like, what does that really do? I don't know, but it's cool. Did you see that thing? Go on that? Like, it's masterpiece. Yeah. It's simplicity is beautiful. Um, also is just a beautiful cast of other characters we have. Obviously we latch mm-hmm. on so well to uh, the ghost crew. Uh, yeah. Clearly we kind of share a favorite, um, but there's also uh, dark characters, gray characters, fun characters, uh, that make up this show as well. And so out, out of the variety, uh, what are some of your other standout favorite characters from Star Wars Rebels? Well, 
if I'm allowed to go first, I'll just be the one to say, um, this is the show that made me love Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, again, my relationship with Clone Wars prior to watching Rebels, young Ahsoka snips and Sky Guy and all that stuff was annoying, was obnoxious, was just, it wasn't my She was thing. a kid. <laughs> I am so unbelievably in the tank for Ahsoka Tano, and she may be easily in my Mount Rushmore, which is my favorite metric of Star Wars characters, period. Um, I love that character. And when she showed up, from the minute she showed up in that episode, when she comes down the ladder, who's flying the ghost? And they all come back, and it's the whole thing. And she comes back, and she was Fulcrum. And then we get, you know, her... And we get a part of her journey, too. It's not just that we get this cool person shows up. We get to see her figure out and realize that Vader is Anakin. Mm. when the when she has the moment when she passes mm. out like it hits her you know the force connection and the whole thing and then they have the face off in um twilight of the apprentice in that second half of that episode and when she gets left in there in the battle and the mask is broken and he calls her a so like we get to go with her journey too and the way that continues to develop across the series just i went you know, again head over heels for ahsoka because of the show uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I and what I love is some of the best. I don't want to say best. Some of my favorite character moments definitely happen for her character here. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And, and I do think, although I enjoy the cross connection that's happening in like the Disney Plus shows, I don't think we've gotten a crossover appearance quite like when ah- Ahsoka first shows up. Yeah. Right. Um, I think when when she and Vader come into the picture with Rebels, they're so well introduced and integrated and also so well exited um, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like a cameo. It doesn't feel like a grab for a familiar character. It feels like just a natural part of the story. Um, And so definitely, definitely well handled uh, for sure. What about you? You got favorites? Good choice, Uh, letting him go first. (laughs) Um, May I wax poetic about Darth Maul for a moment? Sure, please. Okay, so... It's your brand, honestly. (laughs) At this point, yeah. I I think I'm known at this point for my love of Darth Maul, not only as a cool, just dope, spinny character. Like, the Duel of the Fates is the best cinema of the 90s. Yes, I have yeah. the exact one right over there. Yep. <laughs> I have an entire shelf of Maul. <laughs> but yeah, like I I love Maul as a cool character and a very well choreographed fighter. Mm-hmm. But what Clone Wars and Rebels both did for um, him as a character yes. is what made him one of my made him a character really because exactly (laughs) i love the phantom menace but they didn't do him any favors there yeah it it was a lost yeah i want to hear that because i have thoughts as well that kind of align with what you're saying but please continue because i'm right behind you with maul absolutely um darth maul is a character study of you know if we want to get poetic here spite will leave you cold in your grave (laughs) You cannot live with spite. You cannot make it your entire being. You cannot, you know, live with anger like that and expect to survive. That is Maul at his very (laughs) core. Literally, this man is too angry to die. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I think, 
I, I think to take it to another level too, even it's not, it's not that you can't survive. It's that you can't thrive Yes. because clearly he survived, but what kind of life? Yeah. What kind of life did he end up leading? I mean, when he, when we found him literally living in the garbage, uh, obsessed with Kenobi, uh, it's such an allegory for what it's like to live for revenge. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, the, the whole Sith idea, the whole, idea of living forever out of selfishness it it it, it runs into a wall because it's mm -hmm. the idea of you can have that life yeah. it's just gonna suck well yeah i mean when i say on twitter that ahsoka and maul are a dyad that's what i mean yeah mm -hmm. maul is the most it, he is the nth sith whereas i believe that ahsoka is the nth jedi right that's just my opinion you can disagree with me <laughs> my at is at Boopenheim, M-E-W on Twitter. <laughs> Come out, bro. But don't. She's fragile. Exactly. No, just and, um, and she'll mess you up. So. I was going to say, she will throat chop you. She, she'll manage. It's um, true. Um, but yeah, like, he is the character study of... Well, and speaking of character studies, for me, any hero is not the right trope that I want to use. But what Maul did, because he was horribly underutilized in The Phantom Menace... You know, the, for the hype, and again, 98 when the trailer came out, 99 when the movie comes out, we get this reveal of the door and the double lightsaber and this crazy-ass-looking, devil-horn-looking dude, like, this uh. is going to be cool. And he says, like, four things mumbled under his breath, and he has a great sword fight, but then he gets cut in half. Spoiler yeah, right. alert, sorry. It's still pretty cool, though. But what I love, and again... Part of the thing that I'm continuing to think about at, with Rebels is Rebels makes me love characters that I didn't necessarily care about. Mm. And so my feelings for Maul are much stronger than they ever would have been because of Rebels. And I truly believe it's because I respect, and that's a weird way to say it, I respect his single focus driven. All it was was about Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And I love that we go through that. We get it in Rebels. We get it in his, you know, kind of grooming of, I mean, Ezra trying to figure it out. He needs him. It's a means to an end. It's all that stuff. But what makes it even better is when it pays off in Clone Wars Season 7, mm. when Ahsoka shows up in that sewer under Mandalore, and he says, what are you doing here? I was expecting Kenobi. Like, yeah. Everything he has done from the time he got cut in half in The Phantom Menace was about one person. Yep. And it was about revenge. And it's beautiful in its insanity. And it really is the thing that makes me go, that's cool. Because we don't do that with storytelling all the time. We don't go. We get tempted to go, well, yeah, he, he wants to find Kenobi, but he also wants to be in charge and he also wants to have an empire. Right. He also wants to show up in Solo and be a crime lord. Like, he doesn't. <laughs> we only get that little glimpse of him in the hologram in Solo, but we know because of everything else we know, whatever he's doing right there, it's still Kenobi all up exactly. in here. Like, that drives it. And I love that so much. And it makes me more interested in that character because I go, Look at that little crazy guy obsessed with that one thing. <laughs> go go on with your bad self. I know right. he's still going to turn out on top, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I applaud the effort. Oh man, it. I I'm not done yet talking about Darth Maul. I know. <laughs> no, you're fine. But like, if we could talk about that that final moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, I mean, it's Star Wars Rebels. It counts. It's one of those things. <laughs> oh. like, I I knew it was coming. 
I had been spoiled on it mm-hmm. hundreds of times at that point. Well, to yeah. be fair, you, you you took forever to finish. <laughs> so I don't know if we could call it a spoiler. <laughs> this is the rebel show. Sure. No, you're right. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, I'll look at Nick instead. There is so much power <laughs> in that moment of oh my gosh, this that is scene, the end of his life. Oh yeah, and it's him realizing what's the point. Like I what I did all. He asks this. him. He asks him, "Was it worth it?" Is yeah, it exactly. he's dying. Isn't that the question? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that and that was what like just jumped out to me is like as we're talking about this spiteful, vengeful character that manically chases every opportunity to get his revenge on this person that he's rejecting his whole life's failures on. Um, the only piece he has is when he finally dies. Like the only piece is when it all ends, and it's not even because he got his revenge; it's just because it's over. And it's that moment, I'm sure, for the character that, or or for anyone that live that kind of life that realization like oh this this is better i could have had this Mm -hmm. all along you could have been in the arms of obi-wan kenobi from the beginning you could have consensually been in his arms right like i mean my goodness what a a lovely little life they could have had together on tatooine um and i'll say this though and not to pull focus away from maul but in that moment there is an evolution of Obi-Wan Kenobi and the, was, uh, digni- yeah. the dignity that he lets Maul die with. Mm-hmm. And and also I love and you know, it goes into the things people complain about. Well, the lightsaber battles and the prequels were so fast and crazy and whatever. And then you get to, you know, New Hope and it was Obi-Wan Kenobi was measured mm-hmm. and it, you get it in Phantom Menace in that big battle at the end. Obi-Wan is pacing. He's young. He's hyped up. You know, Maul's pacing like a caged animal. Qui-Gon's the one in the middle meditating. Zen, you know, in his thing. There's three lightsaber hits that take place in the sword, in the battle that takes place in the Twin Suns episode. Mm -hmm. Hit, hit, hit. It's over. Mm -hmm. That wasn't because Obi-Wan was old, like everybody says about New Hope. It wasn't because he wasn't... He was. It was an economy of energy, like... I'm going to only do what I have to do. I'm not going to be showy. I'm not going to do three flips and cut his head off. It was dignified. It was to the point. It was surgical. It did what it needed to do. But then he caught him, had a conversation with him, closed his eyes. Like he allowed Darth Darth Maul to die with dignity, which to me was an Obi-Wan character development moment. Uh, Well, and absolutely because, Obi-Wan has just as much right to seek revenge against Maul as Maul has right. for him. He killed his master. And yet at, killed killed the love of his, his life. Um, like, And yet in that moment, like you said, he chooses to compassionately spend those last few mm-hmm. minutes with him. And, uh, and and much like Michael asked, you know, like and, yes. and he gives him the mm-hmm. peace. He imparts mm-hmm. on him, you know. Yep. Yeah, according to me, Obi Wan. Not was it worth you know, it? Was he the chosen one? I think yeah. is what it is. It goes something like that. Yeah. And, and and but then he does spin around, and that's where it, every time I'm just like, oh, you idiot, because <laughs> he co- he comes back around of like he'll avenge us. It's like, dude, nope, it, that like, wasn't what, it. <laughs> you missed it. Even even in the last ten seconds, <laughs> so you had close. just a little bit. And in that line, he'll avenge us. 
Like they mm -hmm. oh, all yeah. of them were pawns in the same correct. chess game. Yeah, correct. They all and that's the other thing. Together. Maul gets played by Palpatine yes. over and over again multiple times. Like, mm -hmm, for sure. That is the great tragedy of Maul's character as a whole, is that's that right. he was taken from his mother it's, days it's after he was Maul's, born. It's Maul's Shakespearean tragedy. Exactly. And and sometimes and like you said, we don't do it a lot with storytelling or we don't like it a lot, I guess. Um, but like that's 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 real, that's raw, that that is still good story and good cinema is when it's just a tragedy. Mm -hmm. and it almost makes me think, and I'm literally making this up on the fly because it hit me while you were saying that. It's the same single focused insanity that Heath Ledger's Joker has in um, The Dark Knight. Mm. Yes. When he shows up and all it's about is Batman, like, I don't care about your mountain of money in this warehouse. I don't care about, like, we can burn all that stuff. Like, one thing, that's it. That's the focus. Yep. Chaos. Oh, because absolutely, because Maul, Maul certainly uh, would have burned down and, and quite possibly was on his way to doing it, which is why Kira ditched him on um, on. Malachor. Malachor. Um, but uh, yeah, he he would have run the business into the ground if it meant getting Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Um, that was all it was. Yeah. And, and and that's what I love about this this show is we get to go the wild spectrum, right? We we've spent a lot of time with the character of Kanan. We've spent a lot of time with the character uh, of Maul. And certainly there's more we could go with characters like Sabine uh, and Ezra. We could even spend time with the the spiritual moose of the Bendu. Um <laughs> Thrawn, you know, um, I, I was very much, um, I, I had the same relationship with Thrawn that I think you had with Ahsoka in that I, I didn't hit with the Era of the Empire um, trilogy like that. I did. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, I, I grew I, up with that. I was a dark, the, the quote unquote dark times kid, <laughs> you know, yeah. to have the original trilogy before the prequels. Like I read those books. I can't tell you how many times I read that Thrawn trilogy of Timothy Zahn books, they're still my favorite Star Wars books of all time. I know they're legends now. I know they're not whatever. But when that blue face son of a bitch showed up in the show, <laughs> I was like, I was here for it. And it was done so well. And it gave, like, it didn't matter that the rest of it were gone, was gone. It gave the big bad because it can't all be Darth Vader. It can't all be the emperor. It has to yeah. be, you know, it created the other layers of it. Um, and so that was another one that like, I was so thrilled when that happened. Like I was like, Oh, and uh, I know this guy, but at the same time it was exciting because they didn't do all the things that I knew, but they brought in the art. They brought in um, what's his name? The assassin sidekick. Oh, uh, Rook. Yeah, Rook shows up and, you know, it's like yeah. those little moments that they bring from Legends into this canon. But like Thrawn was another big one for me in this series to be like, oh, they did that thing. And here it is. And it's way bigger now when it gets dropped in Mandalorian, when we get Ahsoka in live action. Like we weren't even at that stage yet. Like we were before all that. Yeah. Well, and and so and, and that's I, I'm glad to hear for someone that was a fan of Thrawn that it, it carried you right along with it. Um, Cause you know, same thing for me. I, I like, I think it was just more so I wasn't a big fan of the stories, not necessarily sure. Thrawn, just th those weren't necessarily grabbing me. Um, 
And so I always grew up, uh, there were two things a lot of like my Star Wars friends talked about that I just couldn't necessarily get into the conversations with. And it was Thrawn and Yuuzhan Vong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, it just wasn't there for me. And so I was really worried at first, but I loved what ended up happening with the amalgamation of his classic character with a lot of new elements. Obviously, he's in a very different place um, in the timeline and, and, and as a character, but I, I like that the bulk of his essence, his atmosphere was carried over from Legends and mm-hmm. built in a, such a way that fit for this story. It wasn't just a copy-paste. Um, and they weren't afraid to say, hey, this is a classic character that we're going to tweak a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was great and bold. And I, I don't think we've seen, now that we're kind of talking through all that encapsulates some of uh, Rebels' biggest moments, I, I don't think we've seen the same scale and variety of storytelling in a long time uh, since where you do have the Rebellion, you have the Empire, you have Sith, you have Jedi, you have... Uh, even you could argue here, although you see it more in the books, but Thrawn is his own little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, own little pawn. And so, m- my gosh, four seasons, we cr- we cover so much ground. I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. For four seasons, it has to be the most densely packed Star Wars anything that has happened because you have Tarkin shows up. Like you said, you have Sith, you have Jedi, we get Yoda, we get Vader, we get Thrawn, we get Ahsoka, we get Obi-Wan in the Holocron, we get Anakin in the Holocron, we get new characters, we get Lando, like Leia, literally R2 and 3PO, like everybody we love in Star Wars is in this show. Yeah, Like it really is... um, and then you get the nods towards things we're going to get, you know, more of. We get the Mandalorians. We get, you know, we get Finn Rao. We get, you know, the other things that are going to pay off in different places. Um, but it has to be the most densely packed of any of the Star Wars content, especially for only being four seasons. And and, and while not losing a footing anywhere. Oh, not at all. Like, it, it's not the um, Spider-Man 3 era of of star wars animation where it's so packed it can't actually land the plane um you know no it's no way home it it's big it's bigger than anything before it and it does it beautifully so well yeah so, so well, well. And it gives us so much new force lore that mm-hmm. you know oh, only been and that's... scratched the surface of and, before. And, yes. and again it's it's literally called star wars rebels this is about the rebels and the empire right and we get some of the weirdest star wars in this man i like mm-hmm. i mentioned the we get the fourth doctor as a space moose it's awesome <laughs> i love it that's right i'm baker I, baby man i i love this so much um and and this this comment from michael is is a good segue into our our sort of closing here um mentioned loving uh zeb's closure moment that he got to have with his people mm-hmm. um one of the two uh, th- one of the three biggest moments for zeb's character and the reason i love him so much and why i wish uh he'd maybe gotten more was definitely the journey to discovering his people are still there yeah mm-hmm. uh his uh little uh frozen tundra getaway with his boyfriend callus yep and that two second uh clip of him taking callus to meet the family how could you not Uh, like like, be that that's kaluzeb yeah it's kaluzeb forever (laughs) it's a story in three parts but i so wish it was 
more I I I I, I tease, but like it's just from a place of I, I really enjoy Zeb. Um you know, Steve Blum is an amazing voice actor. He's been yes. the voice of so many characters I love. And this is no different with Zeb. He's fun. He's meaningful. He's got a lot of emotional depth to him as well. That's mm-hmm. um, sometimes sidelined, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I, I just love what he is so much that I, I just wish. And I want even still more. That's why. I, I love and, and put a lot of stock into comics and books, man, because at some point, if you find yourself wanting for something Star Wars, you'll get it there. Uh, right. If never again in film and animation, you'll get it in comics and books for sure. And so um, for you guys, as as we kind of wrap up, mm-hmm. Hoop, if you want to start, um, you know, big moments, big, big. What are what are some of the biggest moments of Rebels that have stuck with you? Uh, and continue to be why you love Star Wars mm-hmm. Rebels. Well, obviously, like I said, you know, the ending of Maul's story is mm-hmm. a big one for me, um, as well as the confrontation move between Ahsoka and Vader. That moment knocked me over. It uh, it hurt. Yeah. It hurt very yes. badly. Like you, you were sitting next to me on the couch as I was crying. It didn't when help he that we when. When the mask is broken and when he calls her Ahsoka, when mm-hmm. he says her name. Yeah. Well, and, and not to steal the thunder, but like the, the fact that it's Matt Latner coming back yes. continues yes. to be why. And I love, I love, mm-hmm. I'm on record. It's live. It's recorded. I love Hayden Christensen's Anakin. Absolutely. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but Matt Latner really hits some of the biggest Anakin moments, yes. man. Mm-hmm. He really has some of the no best doubt. Anakin moments. Um, but what watching that (laughs) and that's the sad part but watching um that uh for the first time it didn't help that we set the mood we watched it in the dark with nothing but red lights on yeah Uh, you know yeah it didn't help the emotions in but um oh yeah top moment for sure and then you know all of the the world between worlds Mm -hmm. or and experiencing that and being so dang confused coming off of the bendu Yes. And then going into the Doom Wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. Like... But now I'm just, that was, oof, so crunchy, delicious <laughs> force lore. <laughs> I need more, please. Well, I like, I like that you acknowledge it. It's, it's weird. It's confusing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I like the show that it doesn't resolve those things necessarily. Exactly. Um, because it leaves it up for each of us to form our own interpretation our own journey mm-hmm. um which i think is so important especially because yes. the whole doom content comes from each of the characters mourning in their own way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's really this illustration of everybody's going to go on their own unique journey so the world between worlds uh doom uh the bindu they're they're unique to everyone i think exactly. and everyone interprets it differently which is beautiful um, exactly and you know probably the biggest moment for I think all of us as Rebels fans was the ending with <laughs> Ezra kidnapping yep. Thrawn <laughs> with the Purgle. With the space whales. Yeah, when you explain it, it doesn't sound so much like a victory. It's no, it, it definitely so cool. sounds like a crime. But yeah. Yeah, that was another <laughs> moment that just absolutely blew me away. Came out of nowhere for me because I wasn't expecting it. All I had seen before was where's Ezra? Where it, did he go? I I didn't know. Where there, he had gone. But, there's a yeah. great moment 
and I'm sure y'all have seen this or heard it or noticed it, but I was reminded of it while I was watching episodes this week. In the episode when Bindu faces off with Maul, mm. or they have yeah. the whatever, yeah. he says, you're going to die in the arms of you know defeat, or the many arms of defeat, or whatever it is he says. I'm getting the line wrong. Yeah. But then you realize that's what happens when all those pergil arms wrap around, grab, and boom, we're out of here. And and Thrawn even has that eye-widening realization of what's happening. Yeah, Um, it hits that he heard it already. And and I love it because I was going to say, I I directly draw that to the Luke on crate moment, you know, and that Mm -hmm. it's that same thing with Ben when he realizes, wait, I've, yeah, I I walked right. right into this, man. Yep. Oh. He got me anyhow. Good stuff. What about you, Nick? What are, what are some of your big moments? Woo! Um, we don't have <laughs> enough time for me to go into all the big moments. Um, Same. <laughs> I will say that, and we've talked about Twin Sons a bunch already. Mm-hmm. That Twin Sons, that two and a half minutes of Obi-Wan and Maul might be the most visually beautiful Star Wars thing in um. my entire life. Um, and that's hard because like for me prior to that, it's, uh, Luke and Vader swords crossed in empire backlit by the thing, just the, you know, the highlights of the sabers, the shadow, like, mm-hmm. and of course, then Luke on Tatooine twin sons looking out. Um, but the twin sons episode is right there with it. Like every time Steven Stanton posts on Twitter that he's giving away another one of those prints, like I lose my mind trying to retweet and win one of those because (laughs) it's so good. Like it just, it hits me in all of the feels. Um, Huge props by the way to Steven Stanton for, for his Alec Guinness impersonation too. Like it's It's much love to James Arnold Taylor, but that was, Um, that was a good choice. I love, and this is kind of an out there, maybe a little bit random, whatever thing. Um, some of the episode titles, especially as relates to the key episodes, the big finales, the big whatever, mm-hmm. World Between Worlds, Twin Sons, Jedi Knight, N-I-G-H-T, which of mm-hmm. course is when we lose Kanan, mm-hmm. uh, Path of the Jedi, Fire Across the Galaxy. Fire Across the Galaxy is the best name of an episode of a Star Wars anything I've ever heard. Right. Like, <laughs> And that's in season just, one. Yeah. yeah, it's in season one. It's at the end of season one. Um Family Reunion Farewell, which, of course, is the end of it where it wraps up. We get the epilogue like you already talked about, Boop, with, you know, all the little details. Jason Sindula, you know, this and that. And then Hera, I mean, Ahsoka shows up and she comes to get Sabine. Ahsoka the White. You know, and it's, you know, it's Gandalf. It's the staff. It's the robe. It's, you know, it's the whole deal. And I know I think, Boop, you sent it to me or I sent it to you on TikTok but the video that mirrors the opening scene of Rebels with the closing scene of oh. Rebels yeah, you and that. Ezra's tower and the shots, like, M- what, melts, I, I, I've watched it 12 times in the last three days and it melts me every time. It's insane. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I've watched it so much because, like, what really caught me, because, like, I'll scroll so fast, I'll see something, I'm like, oh, that looks like that's cute and emotional. Um but when I actually stopped and watched it and realized how much Sabine cleaned up that tower. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody else latched on to yep. that. But that, like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, how long has it been? That poor girl. Oh <laughs> well, and so a couple of other things, because, again, I could go on for far too long. But the big ones that stand out. Kanan's first reve- official reveal 
mm. on the bridge in the second half of the pilot episode where he says, um, and I quote, kid, I'm about to let everyone in on the secret. Such a good line. And he takes the two halves of the the lightsaber, he puts it together, and he stands out in front of all those stormtroopers. Callus is there. And it's like, oh, holy crap, there's still a Jedi. Like, there's still... Well, you know, up to that point, he'd gotten away with it. He had stayed in hiding. He had done his thing. But that was a badass, like, yeah, I'm going to let everybody in. Because he said, Kanan, or Ezra says something to him to the effect of, like, you know, they're going to find out your secret or something. He goes, kid, I'm about to let everybody in on the secret. Yeah. And he goes for it because, again, he's going to do what he has to do. He's going mm -hmm. to show up for his people. Um, AP5 floating in space, just wanting to be left alone. <laughs> yes. I feel that in my general. bones five <laughs> out of seven days a week. Um, Kanan's sacrifice <laughs> is so powerful. It makes me cry every time. Um, the prologue is amazing. Ahsoka finding out about Anakin, but I'll say, and I'll let this be the one that I wrap up on. Cause we've talked so much about found family. We've talked so much about, you know, the different aspects and things that we love in this. And we kind of have hint hinted around it the whole time, but this found family is a picture of diversity and letting people be who they are. Mm. Because Sabine gets to be an artist. And I was watching one of the episodes today when I was at work. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> and she's in her room. And it was after, I think it was after they find the Darksaber before she kind of starts training with it and all that. And she's sitting in her room. And her room is painted in her way. And there's never a point where the ghost crew have to wear uniforms that match. There's never a point where Hera and Kanan come in and go, you need to clean up your room. You need to quit fighting with each other. You need to quit whatever, like, Zeb is stinky. It's set up in the first episode. Like, you know, he's himself. They get used to it. They support each other. They recognize each other. They see each other for who they are. Mm. And Ezra gets to grow into that. And Ezra, who lost his family at a young age in a tragic way, gets to figure out, oh, we all get space to make mistakes. We all get space to learn and grow and do these different things. And so the opportunity that this show shows people a healthy environment where people get to be who they are and figure things out along the way is really powerful. Absolutely. And I say that as a parent of four kids that I hope I can get it right somewhere along the way. Yeah, man, I, th right. I think you'll get it. Um, and, and, and that's, that's the meaningfulness of it. Like you said, is it does project first and foremost, this, this family uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, accepts and encourages that personal growth uh, because it recognizes, kind of like I was saying earlier with the big picture, it recognizes that personal growth is family growth. Mm -hmm. uh, when yes. one of your kids uh, grows into their own and succeeds, the family succeeds by extension. That it, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship for sure. But it's also, it doesn't have to be family. Uh, that's, that's, that's how good friendships work. That's how good businesses are run. That's how good countries are run. Not that I think our country uh, is being led by people that watch Star Wars, although I think they should. It, it might help. Might help. Although they might Wouldn't get too hurt. many ideas from the Empire. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, like it, it can go so far with the, the illustration of like what you're saying is just um, how, how letting people be people and how being real and vulnerable uh, can go so far. Um,
And and luckily, you guys hit on a majority of what I mentioned because I too I have too extensive of a list. Um, <laughs> but I think the one I'll hit on is probably the one I wrote first because I just have to believe that if I wrote it first, it was the most meaningful to me when I was thinking of it. Um, and it kind of deals with what you're talking about, Nick, of the found family and everything. One, one of my biggest standout moments, uh, and there's a lot in season four for sure, yes. but um, it's, not, it's not the world between worlds. It's not the Mortis gods. It's not the big weird stuff of, of the kind of context. It's the moment that Ezra has when he's being tempted by Palpatine, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the, the temple ruins. Yes. And he's being promised, obviously, it's, it's a lie, but he's being promised his parents. He's being promised the idea that he could have that past again. And that was such a motivational point for his character early on. And it kind of even remained to be. But that choice that he made to let his family go, um, you know, the, the, the choice he, he makes to go to his new family, not neglecting and not cutting off who he was in his past and who his parents have led him to be, but by accepting that what was was and that what is can be if I make the right choice now. Mm-hmm. And the choice he makes is just so beautiful to go there. And then obviously we get such an epic scene of the hologram going on the fritz with, you know, yes. uh, you know, Palpatine versus uh, Sidious. And yeah. then we get back into the Star Wars weirdness. But I just I love the personal moments uh, more than anything. And my list extensively was just those. It wasn't the whole episode, but it was the fight that Hera had with her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was the time that Zeb told the story about why he doesn't feel like he can integrate back in with his people. He felt like he yes. let them down. It's the, um, you know, you mentioned part of it, but the the argument that Sabine has about like her art and her expression with her mother mm-hmm. I, I, I find myself so attached to these personal moments of these characters. Yep. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's why uh, Star Wars Rebels is such a, a, yeah. a beautiful and amazing show. Um, I think it's the most personal Star Wars of any Star Wars that exists. Yeah. It, and, and somehow, yet again, in four seasons of a show that still manages to have action, goofs, and all kinds mm-hmm. of other things in yeah, you know, I, I, there I, are plenty of what I like to call moving boxes around episodes. <laughs> where yeah. like, hey, we're gonna fly to this outpost. We're gonna get some supplies, right? And, and like, it's it's moving crates around, and something dumb happens, and we get trapped with the monsters that can't come out of the dark. And then we do right. the thing, and then it's oh, over. Frynox. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh, oh Frynox. Um, <laughs> I always get Frynox and Minox confused in my brain. Understandably. Totally <laughs> But uh, yeah, like, and and I will never, uh, although I think there's plenty of evidence if you want to take that stance uh, for anyone listening and watching. Oh, yeah. And we didn't even mention Chopper. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, really like I, I do have one Chopper thing to add. Um, I read something. And it's been a while since I read it. But basically, the gist of it was Dave Filoni said that Chopper is basically the polar opposite of what R2-D2 would be. Yes. And the, and the comparison he made was... If R two D two is a dog, Chopper is a cat, and that just it said every it said <laughs> and everything. That's why I, I love him. To say. Exactly. Yep. Um, him careening down a hallway, brandishing weapons. Yeah, is my favorite Chopper because it's what we've always wanted to see, right? We wanted to see R two whoop yeah. some butt, and and Chopper yeah. 
he doesn't think twice. No, he just got um, no hesitation. But and he's, he's cussing still... at you the whole time he's doing exactly. it. Exactly. Every single time he goes. And that's canon. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. But he still gets that moment where he takes Hera's hand after losing mm -hmm. Kanan. And yep. that that he... silhouette will always haunt me. Yeah. Um Ouch. but yeah, I I I I shy away from ever um saying anything is definitively the Star Wars experience, the best Star Wars. Um, but I do believe there is so much in Rebels to love. If it is your favorite and if it is the best to you, great and fantastic. Um, if it's just another notch on the list of things you enjoy, that's great too. Um, but uh, for anyone listening, although I, th I think um, the majority of people um, who listen and who have tuned in live even are fans, um, but if you're if you're not, if you're still just uh, a kind of aware of Rebels and haven't checked it out, please do yourself a favor, break your heart, uh, but also have some fun because um, that's it. what that's what Rebels is, and it, and it is absolutely uh, worth it. Anything you love about Star Wars is in Star Wars Rebels. Exactly. Yes, it is. And I just think I think that's beautiful, and it's not a comparison game. Love Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, uh, and um, you know the galaxy of adventures and forces of destiny the list goes on enjoy what you want um that that's what that's what we say um but uh nonetheless uh nick man thank you yes, so sir. much um you're Absolutely fantastic a pleasure uh you you are great um how can our people follow you and what you do because you're not just nick you you have your own <laughs> podcast I do have a podcast, Podcast of the Wills. If you are not familiar with Podcast of the Wills, we are the podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. The easiest way to describe and quantify that is it's a Bible study, but instead of the Bible, we use Star Wars. We are going, working our way through the the 11 movies. Um, at some point, we will probably expand into shows and all that other kind of stuff. We break it down a section at a time and we ask guiding questions. What is the text telling us? What is the text? You know, it's literal, it's inspirational, it's practical. Um, we are finishing up just yesterday. We released, I believe, chapter five of Return of the Jedi Canon Study, which is what we call it. Um, came out with my good friend, Matthew Paul Turner, who is a New York Times bestselling children's author. He is amazing. He's a good, good friend of mine. Love talking to authors, love talking to people who love the subject matter, and he was certainly in that category. So that came up. We're finishing up Return of the Jedi in the next week or two. We've got a summary episode, and I am excited because as a part of Nerd Herder Supremacy, um, <laughs> on Sunday, I am recording with the two of you lovely people to talk about The Phantom Menace for Chapter 2 of The Phantom Menace Canon Study, which will still be several, several weeks before it comes out in podcast form. Um, but it's out there. We're working on it. We're continuing to journey through that. And if you want to follow me, all the social medias at Will's pod. Um, the other thing that I do is I have partnered with my good friend, Pete from around the galaxy. And he and I put out shows together under the ATG cast stream, streaming star Wars on Friday nights. Um, disturbances in the forest podcast of the wheels around the galaxy. It's just a chance to share resources and put out, you know, good Star Wars content together. So at Will's Pod, at ATG Cast, either one will get you to where I am. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, yeah, uh, if you can believe it, uh, we're talking about Phantom Menace even more. Uh, Surprise! But only twenty minutes. <laughs> that's gonna be the that's gonna be the kicker. Um, <laughs> but no, we're 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 excited. Um, obviously, we don't need much prompt to talk about the Phantom Menace. Um, 
So yeah, for anyone listening, tuning in now or in the future, uh, definitely check out uh, Nick at uh, the podcast of the Wills. Uh, and just to reiterate um, the Amidala initiative that we mentioned up top, yes, yes. if you want to do what part you can, and maybe you can do more, and that's great, but consider also um, helping out along with yeah. uh, Amidala Helps on Twitter uh, with the GoFundMe that they have going to support Equality Texas um, and just trying to do what we can, how we can, Absolutely. from where we are. Um, as for us, uh, next week we are talking the Nolan Batman film, so it's very poignant. You mentioned uh, Heath Ledger's Joker earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking forward to that uh, with returning friends of the show, Charlie and Kevin, um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then the following week, we tackle The Batman, uh, yes, starring Robert Bat Battinson. Uh, Bat Battinson. <laughs> I am so excited to see this movie. I, I, I will say, uh, my, my excitement continues to grow. Um, yes. it's, I, it's like technically I out now. I didn't know if I was excited for it, but the early reviews that came out that talked about Zodiac and Seven, mm -hmm. that, that sold it for me. Like, I'm totally in. I, I, I'm I'm very I'm very in for what they're doing for sure. Absolutely, I pride myself on being someone who does not speculate and goes in with absolutely zero expectations. But I have high expectations for this movie. Hey, I, I think it's fair to want a lot, but be okay with what you get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely uh, the excitement has continued to grow. It's out now, and and even still, like you said, with the reviews coming in with friends seeing it everything we're hearing it just gets me more and more pumped up so we're looking forward to seeing that ourselves soon but so two weeks from now we'll be talking about it so that's the time you have um to check it out yourselves before tuning in because there will be spoilers um and then uh just last lastly maybe um thanks to our patrons um the awesome people that uh faithfully support uh what we do and our madness and what not your beautiful people and we appreciate you but we also appreciate all the people that just tune in and listen and watch and share and uh just keep the conversation going and and certainly with a topic like star wars rebels we encourage that to continue keep the conversation going uh into the actual uh rebels remembered day um take to twitter take to social media uh wherever you prefer use the hashtag hashtag rebels remembered uh, and share your memories share your favorite moments um, and because we will certainly be watching and listening and, and, uh, reading all of that because we love nothing more than when star Wars is celebrated and celebrated personally. Uh, it doesn't have to be for the lore and the nerddom, although that's cool if that's your stuff, but it's also just the little things, um, you know, like, uh, one of our, our l listeners tonight mentioning that it was their kids first star Wars. That's yep. That's awesome. What a place to start, man. That is yep. so good. And so uh, definitely do that. And also just thanks to uh, obviously Nick for being here with us, but um, just our, our, our pickle friends who uh, have been a large majority of our guests and, and support uh, what we do. We wouldn't uh, we yes. wouldn't be doing and having the conversations we are now without y'all. So you don't um, understand that reference. Don't worry about it. <laughs> if you're not cool enough to be a pickle friend. No, don't worry about it. Worry yeah, about exactly. It. Don't don't. Don't ask for as Ra as Rafi says on the league. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's our show tonight. Um, that's what's coming in the pipe. So, uh, thanks to everyone that uh, checked it out live and who's going to listen after the fact. Uh, with that, stay scruffy, and we'll see you around. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, 
This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. 